good day and welcome to Holding Fast, another opportunity to delve into God's Word and to find our our direction and our uh, stability in the unshakable truths of the Word of God. Good to have you today. Thank you for being here. And uh, we're going to continue on with our podcast series today of meditations on the character of Obadiah in 1 Kings chapter 18. Uh, This has been a personal blessing to me as I've studied that and tried to be an encouragement to other people from the life of Obadiah. And uh, I've remarked to people before that one of the marks of authenticity about Scripture is that uh, the Bible records things about people that are just not all good things. Oftentimes you're you're faced with people's struggles and their difficulties. Uh, you see people as they really are, sometimes in their ugliness, sometimes in their success. Uh, and what I like is that God has revealed truth. He's revealed tr- um, what is real in terms of human experience uh, and how he interacts with those individuals. That's what that's a mark of authenticity about the Word of God is that it's just not uh, a statement of superlatives about one particular character, but that you see people as they really are, and then you get to see what God's interaction is with those people. And here, this uh, in 1 Kings 18, we've been studying about the character of Obadiah. We've been looking at his faithfulness in a situation that uh, is unusual. We all know about Elijah. We're all familiar with his ministry and his boldness and his preaching and his challenging of Ahab and Jezebel about their wickedness and of their killing of the servants of the living God. But not often do you hear things spoken of about Obadiah. Obadiah, that... Uh, inner circle man who had the ear of King Ahab. He was his chief of staff that really was influential in the entire administration of Ahab and Jezebel. I can't imagine a more high-pressure situation than what Obadiah must have found himself in day in and day out in a circumstance where uh, he must have been torn so often because of the the uh, the his love for the Lord and the desperate darkness of the situation that he found himself in, but he stayed in the palace. He was faithful. God counted him as faithful, so that it's recorded in Scripture that he loved the Lord uh, greatly. He feared the Lord greatly, and so he stayed there, and he was able to serve the Lord and. Uh, everything in his life was about being there and ready for that opportune moment when God would open up that chance to really be influential for the cause of our Father in heaven. And so he must have felt as if it was tearing him apart. Now I want to draw some conclusions about that as we draw this study to a close today. And that is not just observations that I make, but that other men of God have made as well. And one of those is, you know, if you're in that situation... Uh, where you're in a very dark place, where you're in a place where it is not going to be conducive to your standing up and really being uh, a, a, a uh, verbal uh, proponent of the things of God. In any career, you're going to find yourself torn. We always know that, particularly if you're involved in a secular career where your living is not taken from ministry. Because the Bible says in John chapter 16, verse 33, that in this world, you're going to have trouble. That's just a very plain statement from our Lord. Uh, We have heard spoken from the pulpit before. I've said it, I don't know how many times, that this world is not your home. You're serving 
uh, where you don't belong. You're serving in a system today that's going to pass away. It's on its way out. It is decaying as we speak. And that is always going to breed and cause tension in your own life because you're a citizen of another kingdom and of the kingdom of God and you also live in this world today. Can I remind you uh, as you're listening to this, that when you feel pressure to withdraw from your profession because you're in a dark place or you're around people that are difficult and antagonistic and hostile to your Christianity, please remember today that God calls Obadiahs, uh, he calls Obadiahs as well as Elijah's. Not everybody can be an Elijah. Uh, there's difficulties on either side of that coin, but not everybody can be an Elijah. Uh, he puts his light in some dark places like Obadiah because that's where it's needed the most. God has you in the place where he has you because that's where he needs something to be done. The faithful steadfastness of Obadiah is really a great means of preserving the witness and the truth of God. Those hundred preachers that he had hidden away in caves and fed uh, are exactly what God needed him to do to preserve preachers for the word of, uh, for the work of God. And it's a warning against uh, drawing away from the world, withdrawing from places of opportunity and of employment. Uh, that we don't want to leave unless it's extremely obvious and presented very clearly from God. So don't forget, God needs Obadiah just as much as he needs Elijah's. Uh, and you can expect to have trouble in this world. I don't believe there's any place of employment where you would be free from any kind of discomfort. Uh, because to be a part of the kingdom of God and yet live in this world uh, comes with built-in problems. Uh, secondly, I would suggest that you can expect to be misunderstood. Uh, one man said, it's fascinating that, uh, to me that some writers take a very negative view of Obadiah. Uh, one of the favorite authors that I have in my library is a man named F.B. Meyer. He's a wonderful Christian writer. I've read many of his biographical sketches that he gives. He sees Elijah here, though, as a hero and Ahab as the villain and Obadiah as a compromising preacher, as I mentioned in the last podcast. Uh, and what use is a compromiser? F.B. Meyer doesn't have much use for an Obadiah. But the Bible tells us, and I can't get away from that particular phraseology, that Obadiah, quote, feared the Lord greatly, unquote, that he took a great risk to save those hundred prophets. And he played an important role, albeit was not uh, was not an easy role, but he did. So can I remind us today that some Christians have it in for anybody who has any kind of a, a trusted position at a high level, um, whether it be in business or politics or, or anywhere the, in, the, uh, in the secular world today? When other Christians don't understand your work, remember that you're accountable to God. He's the one that you answer to. He's the one that you're going to stand before. So remember, if you're laboring in a position where it's difficult like that, uh, then you you will be misunderstood by some. But I also want to make this observation today, uh, that you can trust God to take care of you and to keep you. I'll guarantee you that Obadiah from time to time felt like he was walking on eggshells, pins and needles maybe. Uh, how could Obadiah survive in that? Whew, it must have been a spiritually stifling place in Ahab's palace with all of the idolatry, 
with all of the gross immorality that was going on. But I want to remind you that God can keep you wherever he puts you. Spurgeon used to say this, quote, Grace can live where you would never expect it to survive for one hour. Grace can live where you would never expect it to survive for one hour. And that's true. Whether you're in a secular workplace, maybe at a university, maybe in a world of business, maybe in whatever it might be, God protected the soul of that faithful man named Obadiah. And he served in a place that could be accurately described as a cesspool. That was Ahab's palace, and he could do the same for you today. Won't you walk with him? Look for opportunities to be useful to him. And we're going to cover more tomorrow in the podcast about Obadiah. God bless. Walk with Christ.